You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB, Locked On Browns, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. We appreciate everybody for making us your first listen day in, day out on whatever podcast platform you catch Locked On Browns. Remember, always free. And again, we thank you for making us your first listen. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd, the show itself at Locked On Browns. Follow back account. DMs are open. Today's episode of Locked, Brown, Locked On Browns is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. John Costco in uh, you know, for our weekly Under the Lens episode. Uh, this one's going to be an interesting one because I think we're going to hear some good things about the offensive side of the ball. We might hear a thing or two good about the defensive side of the ball. Um, there was a lot of blown missed assignment coverage wise. Um, certainly when you have moving parts in the secondary, that is understandable, but I guess John, like you do in any type of working relationship where you have an employee and you need a little more out of them and you're going to have to kind of give them a sit down. First thing you want to do is try to give them a positive or two before you basically go to the negatives. So <laughs> offensive side of the ball here, uh, Baker Mayfield um, for all the, sit him, cut him, release him, burn him in effigy uh, due to the labrum issue. Uh, issue. The vaccine producing yesterday, um, certainly there was you know some meat left on the bone. There's no doubt about that. Um, but number six, and still not silencing his critics because somehow that the defense score gave up 47 points. That's going to be on the quarterback, which makes total sense, I guess, uh, people. Uh, Baker Mayfield's data in NHL, John. So uh, mixed bag. Um, I guess, I guess is the best word for it. So, um, for some good throws that he made there, um, obviously when you score 42 points on an offense, the, the quarterback is, is going to be a part of that, making some, you know, good throws. He was accurate for, on his, the attempts that he did make. Uh, so I think the whole labrum thing can be tossed out the window that he was, that was causing any type of accuracy issues or whatever. So, um, you know, you could you could chalk that up to first game back, or or you could talk chalk it up to a, an OBJ thing where they were maybe scheming, trying to scheme him open last week, and it was he was struggling with that or whatever it is. But I think the labrum thing is is toss it out the window because we've seen in even in the Bears game after the first couple, the first drive he was accurate. This game he was accurate, so I think with uh, Baker, you're, you're, he's back to being an accurate quarterback. When he sees it, it's there, and he's able to throw it accurately. The, the negative with him would be he has to see it for it to be open. And even sometimes with that, he's not seeing it. Um, there were a lot of plays he left did leave out on the, on the field where there were open guys um, down the field that could have been for big plays, and especially in that last drive of the game where you're talking about you uh, you have no timeouts, you have a buck 30 you know, to go to drive the length of the field to, to get yourself into scoring position. And your first three plays are essentially check down options in the field of play that burns off uh, one minute of, of clock. Um, you need to be better than that. You have to be able to understand the situation and that an incompletion is better than a, a three yard completion with clock running. So I think for him, 
um, there was missed opportunities on that final drive. You, you, there was a, uh, op- if, you know, there's that check down he had to Kareem Hunt, and he didn't even let the de- defense develop to see what was going on downfield. Um, there was a uh, the, the shot that he took the, the Donovan Peoples Jones into double coverage. OBJ was wide open on a deep crosser. Um, even on the the shot he took to Rashard Higgins on the the wheel route. Uh, OBJ was wide open on a, on a big in on a, versus cover one is exactly the look you're looking for there. If you hit him, um, you get yourself into scoring range after a spike um, rather than trying to take a deep, deep uh, Hail Mary, just, you know, final shot like that. So the, while, while you could, you probably don't say, Hey, he lost the game for the Browns. There was opportunities prior to that last drive that could have won it for the Browns as well, though. Yeah, uh, you know, and, and certainly, and even the drive before that, and, you know, we'll put that, maybe we'll get that to the third segment. Uh, some of that maybe on Coach Stefanski. I mean, look, you got to realize you're in a shootout. I mean, it, you just got to keep going, and you maybe have to understand, you know, where you were defensively with not many available bodies left. Uh, so, you know, you got to have some more, you know, guns in the holster, so to speak. I mean, bullets in the holster. Uh, you know, if you shoot out the clip, you got to be ready to reload. Um, number 85, number 11, David Njoku, obviously, Probably his, without a doubt, his best day as a pro. Uh, getting Donovan Peoples-Jones more involved. Some are short Higgins. But, John, it, it looks like we're going, it's either all or nothing. It's like, okay, we're going to do everything we can to get Odell involved, or we're going to forget about it, you know, whatever. And, you know, Baker just realizing maybe that I'm just more comfortable with other people. So, you know, my eyes aren't necessarily in the, the right spot, which means I'm not going through my progressions the way I should, which you get Odell open on a couple of, uh, opportunity. You'd love a perfect blend of it all, but again, didn't happen yesterday. But 85 11, I mean, most importantly, David Njoku, just an absolute beautiful day. And I mean, I even put out a tweet today look, I have no idea what a contract looks like for David Njoku, but I think it's safe to say the Browns can escape the Austin Hooper contract and maybe put their eyes a little bit more on what will be a longer future, a longer run here with number 85. Yeah. Um, you, you develop a talent like that and he, he's now had two games in the first, you know, five this year where he's just, you're, you're talking about like, not your primary weapon where he can have games like this, where, you know, you know, from fantasy perspective, you're putting up like 30 points or something like that or whatever. Um, I, I think you, you have a legitimate white tight end white weapon. He does look awkward running, running down the field. It's not the first time where he where he's he gets into he opens up and it looks like he's just like really struggling to to open up his stride or whatever but i mean he's an athletic tight end that you want to get the balls to, ball to and his, he's developed his his ability to catch the ball i think pretty well um and you know he's a guy that's dangerous after the catch so he had the he had essentially one bad play in this game and that was him letting derwin james just basically run unblocked to smoke Baker in the back and it forced a fumble or whatever. And it kind of killed that, uh, that, that first drive. But really other than that, he was excellent, had a 92 plus grade in this game overall. Um, so, you know, this kind of imagine if he doesn't even give up that sack, what, what his grade looks like, it's probably, you know, 93 plus, which it just gets harder to, to get up in those ranks or whatever, but still it's, he, from a, from a contract standpoint, he, he is making it make it easier to hang on to him versus letting Hooper go and getting out of that big contract that Hooper is because Hooper, he's a solid player, but he's not a guy that that's a difference maker. I think you signed him to try to be that difference maker. You probably didn't understand, you know, probably didn't know what you had in a Joku. You wanted to get a sure thing where you know what his floor was. 
But I think what you found is that he's essentially is the the high floor, low ceiling type player where he's just your average dude. Whereas Ninjoku, maybe his floor is a little bit lower, but his ceiling is much higher. And and I think you want to go for that high ceiling type player. Um, 24, 27. Look, we could do a segment on him every week. Um, look, they're just great. Um, I'm going to pass on that one. Um, we got Blake Hans for an entire game at left tackle. We got... Once again, the rookie James Hudson out at right tackle. Some offensive line uh, talk here, John. Um, and finally, um, number 77, looking like the Wyatt Teller we grew accustomed to last year. Yeah, so so Wyatt Teller, um, you know, something that hadn't, you know, maybe we hadn't talked about or maybe a lot of people weren't talking about because the Browns offensive line a whole was, was playing well. Um, and, and so I think you, it kind of gets overlooked at maybe some of the, the pieces there that maybe not, aren't up to the standard that we're used to. So Wyatt Taylor last year was in like a 92 plus grade or whatever. It was just a beast this year up until this game, hadn't had a game over 72.9. Um, and there's all of the other games are in, in, a six, in the mid sixties. So you're talking about kind of an average player that was kind of mediocre in pass protection was just kind of, you know, making kind of inconsistent in the run game. This game, finally, he has a bounce back as an 88.8 um, clean in, in the pass pro game. Uh, really good in a run block game. So I think for him, it's if he can, you know, if he, this is a launch pad for him to get back to where he was last year. I, I said, you know, preseason that I thought he was going to regress from his, you know, astronomical numbers last year. I just didn't think he'd he'd regress back into like a, a mid 60s guy, which is what he's been. So if he can be into the you know, upper 70s, low 80s, that'd be a, a really ideal for the Browns there. Um, B- Blake Hans. Solid game at the at left tackle at a 70, 70.2 um, grade overall in this one. It was struggled a bit in, in the pass pro game. Um, and then uh, you had to, you unfortunately had to bring in uh, James Hudson again. Um, and he, he, he's not, he's not, he's not ready yet. He's essentially just not ready to play at this level. Um, he's a guy, I mean, he's a defensive tackle that converted to an offensive tackle um, and essentially has like, you know, what, two years of experience at that position you like his movement skills. You like the potential he beca- can become, but you, you, he was drafted in the fourth round for a reason. His grade in this game was a 51.5, one of the lowest players in, in the game for the Browns offense. So not, not, not good enough there. Um, and you, you're going to definitely going to miss Jack Conklin who, who, you know, has been playing through the first four weeks of the season. I mean, he was the best right tackle in football. Uh, even if this game was a little shaky for him, um, not, you know, not up to those standards, but uh, you, you hope that Jack Conklin can come back. So there you have it, folks, and could be looking at maybe this tackle duo again uh, this week against the Cardinals. And whew, I mean, we'll we'll just we'll get to the Cardinals when we get to the Cardinals. Let's uh, finish up here with Charger Week rolling on through your Under the Lens episode of Locked On Browns with John Costco. We are back in better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code locked on to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, 
where the game begins. Now we get to the defensive side of the ball, John, and first extensive look at A.J. Green. Um, extensive playing time as a starter again for Greedy Williams. Got hurt. Still went back in. Got hurt again in the fourth quarter. Um, finally, it was a day there for him. But, John, there was, you know, I believe it was 26 for 43 for Justin Herbert. There was some good coverage, I, I think, on some underneath routes or some throws that didn't get completed. Guys were physical in that. I know JLK was part of that. I know A.J. Green had a couple of wins in that. But, John, there were a lot of chargers open downfield. And I'm not talking open. I'm talking like, you know, they were planted there before the play and nobody knew about it. I mean, there were some serious, serious breakdowns within the secondary yesterday. Yeah. Uh, um, so you had the first touch, the first monster touchdown. They were playing a bracket on with with uh, Mike Williams there, Keenan Allen, that side of the field. You get a po- you get an out route from from Keenan Allen um, and Troy Hill takes him and then deep you get obviously po- uh, Mike Williams on the post and that's that's basically both on the cornerback there and on Grant Delpit there and Grant Delpit with the inside leverage has to uh, has to be on that he just has to be and he came off of it and obviously you get a wide open guy and it's a it's a touchdown um not good enough clearly and then on the the other touchdown that he had for the the on the deep crosser where they had a rollout and it was thrown back that was in a, they were in a cover four there um, and with with against a three by one, you have the backside safety who is Ronnie Harrison at the time. He keys up number three vertically. If number three stays in the block, his eyes move to number two vertically. Especially if he comes on a crosser route like that, that's his guy. He just didn't do what he's supposed to do in that situation. Let him go. It, you know, John Johnson's looking over there with his hands up in the air. It's like, where where are you, Ronnie? And Ronnie was nowhere to be seen. So that was those two plays. Obviously, are back breaking type plays where guys are just wide open um and then the browns really need to fix their their screen defense um there's every single week now they've been roasted by this basically the same screen you get a guy goes in motion they're in they're in cover three uh and everybody just flies with the motion and you're essentially left with one guy trying to defeat three screen blocks to try to make a tackle and it's and they just they just you know that's just you're outnumbered essentially you have to you hope that guy makes a play um so they really need to fix this type of stuff and and it really just kind of comes back to there's no if you get beat on it once that's sure that can happen but like you you can't keep having these same same types of busts um it just can't happen and and they got to correct that is there's just no excuses for it and you know you're talking about austin eckler so none of this should really been a surprise going into the game i mean this is part of what he does he's not a guy that's going to you know pound it between the tackles uh you know they like to use him in space um, rightfully so, uh, you know, he's got a lot of wiggle and, you know, against a player of that magnitude, you know, just little, it's inexcusable. There's just no way around it. Greedy Williams, AJ Green, Greedy Williams. Look again. And, and I think the thing is, and we'll see what's going on with the shoulder. And I, I, yeah, of course, obviously, you know, you're crossing your fingers and you're hoping it's, you know, not, you know, what, what it possibly could be, which cost him the entire 2020 season, but certainly seems like he's going out of his way to show people that he is okay to the point where he has, you know, zero issue as far as being physical, getting physical. AJ Green, um, you know, gave up a, a lot of yards, but the, it wasn't the worst day of the world for AJ Green, who finally saw his first significant playing time in the NFL. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about Greedy Williams for a bit. I've really liked what I've seen out of Greedy Williams um, in, you know, basically him being able to start now um, uh, since, since, um, 
uh, Greg Newsom ha- has been injured. Uh, his grade in this game in, in coverage is an 82.9. Uh, he did force that fumble on Eckler right before the end of the half. Mm-hmm. That that was a great play. Um, he you know he had the a pass breakup in this one. Um, they, they targeted him eleven times in this game. He did give up seven catches, but for only for forty three yards. Um, the longest one was just for ten yards. So he was he was making a lot of stops. Um, and uh, you know he made three stops in this one. Like I said, he forced that fumble. So he was they were making throws on these like this this smoke routes right and trying to get. Keenan Allen versus him to make a move. And he was stopping every single one of those. He was doing a great job with those. Uh, and I liked his physicality where, you know, especially towards the end of the game, right after the, he got that that penalty for the uh, the unsportsmanlike when they were just jawing at each other, he came out there, they threw right at him at the next play. And he took he took Keenan Allen and just drove him into the ground to, to just go to try to punish him. And obviously he hurt his shoulder in that situation, but I, I love that type of physicality from him where he, he's, he's upset and then he plays within himself and still makes the plays right now. He's the second highest graded cornerback in the NFL, um, which is which <laughs> like is we all expected, just like we all expected. Right. So, uh, you know, it's, he only has an 145 snaps compared to like a Casey Hayward or Marshawn Lattimore who are 255 plus Darius Slay at 350. Uh, so, you know, the, Hopefully he can maintain this, but he's he's playing at a at a really high level right now. AJ Green, I thought looked. I mean, they they tried picking on him in this game as well. Nine targets, only oh, gave up three three catch ups catches. Uh, the one the one which is obviously the biggest one, which is a BS call of, of the defensive pass interference. You know, I, he was in good position and just making. You know, they're both fighting for the ball. Uh, just just a terrible terrible call. We don't we don't downgrade him for that because that was pretty bad. But. Um, you know, his pass rating when targeted was a 47.9 in this game. And just, I mean, he looked like he was, he, he wasn't getting beat um, on the day um, generally. And, and, you know, you give up three catches for just uh, 39 yards. It's a pretty good day. And I, I like what I saw from, you know, you talk about your fourth and fifth cornerbacks, essentially, you know, that's, it's that's a good problem to have for the Browns. And this is why we, you know, you talk about, loading up on the secondary cornerbacks are playing well right now. It's a, it's a safety's position. That's this really failing this Browns team. Certainly didn't see that one coming. Uh, I think we all probably going into the season, especially with the addition of John Johnson, the third Ronnie Harrison now getting played with a better player um, and, you know, getting to see finally Grant Delvin certainly didn't think this uh, was going uh, to be the issue. Uh, Jadavion Clowney uh, wasn't able to go yesterday. Certainly uh, for anybody who has their doubts, about Jadavian Clowney's ability and the fact that maybe it always doesn't translate into a box score um, certainly would have come in handy yesterday. John, some thoughts on uh, obviously the you know other guys who came in, Tack, Adenimo. Um, yeah, Adenimo he had a sixty-seven point seven grade in this game. I mean, sixteen snaps, so adequate in terms of what you want out of that that role. Um, he wasn't a, a liability there, and anybody wasn't. He wasn't making any splash plays. Uh, you know, Miles My- Garrett did was it was the highest graded defensive player. Had five total total pressures and another sack in this one. Um, I think the Chargers did a pretty good job of trying to neutralize him, mainly because you could without Clowney out there. Um, when when and then you had a lot long you know spurts in this game where, where Malik McDowell was, was was hurt, and so he probably you know just wasn't as effective um, as what you would like from him. But Miles Garrett's was you know doing what he what he always does drawing triple teams and stuff like that but um the yeah i think i think tack mckinley 
you, you want to see better from him in this one when when he when the clowny's not out there uh just a 52.3 in this one he did have three total pressures two of them were hits but um you know i think the one you know kind of pretty much forced an incompletion because he he got him smoked right in the chest but i like basically other than that it was like kind of kind of a non-factor it wasn't really making a big impact in this one um malik you know malik jackson seems to have like these he's like a jekyll and hyde so far like this game mm-hmm. he completely disappeared in this game um you know he was had, was an issue in the run game you know did have two pressures in this but he was a 36.6 in this one and i think I think you miss you miss Clowney in this one, even because Clowney was one of the league leaders in total pressures, and it's a problem trying to block both Miles and Clowney when they're just relentless like they are, um, and when when you don't have them, especially against a team that you know Justin Herbert, who you know sometimes will hang onto the ball a little bit, but like he essentially does get rid of the ball in a, in a timely manner. Um, but when he when he's holding on to that, you need to be able to make him pay. Um, and I think Clowney does make a, a good bit of a difference there. Yeah, uh, you know, obviously, you know, tough loss for the Browns defense yesterday. Uh, the linebacker unit. Um, last couple of weeks, John, you know, uh, and not a knock, uh, you know, on Anthony Jackson, but Anthony Jackson comes in the fold. Malcolm Smith had been doing an incredible job the last few weeks. And all of a sudden, um, we don't have a role for Malcolm Smith to play, which seemed really weird. He was playing really, really well. The combination of him and JOK as far as, you know, athleticism, underneath coverage, you know, just flying around the football field. Seemed like it had a good vibe to it. And then you get to yesterday where Malcolm Smith barely saw any reps. Yeah, he had three reps um, in in the previous three games. So, like, when in the first game, when when Malcolm Smith and Anthony Walker were out there, he, his, he had 17 snaps, had a 29.6 grade. Uh, but you talk about Houston, Chicago, Minnesota games. He was 78, 80, 74, all very good games uh, from the linebacker position. And, and we, you know, we know what the defense was able to do especially the past two weeks. Uh, Walker is, I mean, he's a liability in, in coverage. Um, and he was never a very good it player. Seems like, it seems like he's a square peg trying to go, go into a round hole of what this Browns they, linebacking unit is. They, they brought him in to be like, to lead this group. And the problem is, is that he's not a very good player. So when in regards to what they want the linebacker position to do, right? Exactly. So and even even like I mean, he was never been like a like a really good run defender. Um, he's kind of a guy that just like makes cleanup tackles and stuff like that. That's what he's always been. Um, and so like if you're out there on coverage plays, he's a liability because he's not he's not doesn't have the quick twitch to to be able to cover um doesn't have the, the play recognition in, in the run game and essentially even in, in a pass game and then in a run game like he doesn't he doesn't make an impact there so i i really don't know the purpose of him beyond just the leadership thing and it's like at, at some point like yeah great leader why but... couldn't malcolm smith do that <laughs> right exactly malcolm smith can do that and he did do he, like you talk about the three games that you know anthony walker was not there he was playing really well so i I don't know what they're doing with their, their linebacker position. Uh, JOK was, you know, was solid in this game. I think the biggest issue, and you know, he had a missed tackle on, on the screen that actually Eckler fumbled on, but then he he had a bad, bad inside over pursue where he just got juked out by Herbert on, on that rush. Uh, other than that, I thought he had a okay game. It wasn't, wasn't anything, you know, to write home about or whatever, but I, I really liked what they had. And I think kind of Anthony Walker kind of, you know, disrupts those things that what they do in the linebacker position. 
it, 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 for me, it's, it's obvious. It, it limits what they can do. And look, I mean, there might be weeks where you think he's, you know, somebody you need in the fold. I mean, if you're going to face the Tennessee Titans, teams like that, maybe you would think he's going to be more of a factor. But when you're getting into these teams that, you know, are really, really good athletes, throw the ball a lot, it, it really seems strange that you're, you know, trying to force feed Anthony Walker into that fold. So there's your Browns defensive thoughts. I do actually have some thoughts I want to get to here <clears throat> as far as overall gameplay. We're going to do that with John Costco as we move on along here. You're under the lens. Lockdown Browns as PFF lead analyst John Costco is along for the ride. This episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock up all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions? Is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? What type of engine does it have? And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using the Rock Auto app. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Example. Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store. You can purchase it yourself for $216 from rockauto.com. Rock Auto prices are reliably low, and they are for every customer. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Fox? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. John, look, I mean, I'm all for going for it on fourth down. And, you know, and in this case, that last drive, you could have been talking about a 47 to 45 game as opposed to, you know, 47 to 42. But, John, if you're going to go for it this much on fourth down, like, shouldn't there be like a special section on the play sheet? And you've got five or six. We don't use these plays in a regular rotation. If I'm going to try and change momentum of a game here, I'm going to try and, you know, defeat this defense who, you know, basically looks like they held us to a field goal. You're going to do this. This play calling has got to be a little bit better. And it just seems like they're – even for big, big spots, it seems like the play calling they're going with in these key situations are pretty vanilla. Well, so they they didn't convert on a fourth down in the second quarter, um, and that was because OBJ dropped the ball. Um, he completes that. Mm-hmm. Nobody's. Was there another fourth down that they they weren't able to convert on besides the the final play of the game, essentially? Yeah, well, that was the one where they left points on the board again. The OBJ. One. Well, that's so so. I put didn't I put that last. Right. Yeah, so I of mean course. they. So the. the a couple things too, right? So the fourth and two that OBJ dropped the ball, like OBJ dropped the ball. I don't know from a place calling standpoint, he, he was open. Baker found him and it was just a, a drop pass. You know, you talk about previous weeks where, you know, Baker's taken some sacks on fourth down. There's been some, you know, maybe some play call issues there, but also at the same time, like getting in, if you get into that fourth down situation, they, st- they did kick the, 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 the field goal or whatever on that first drive, instead of actually going, going for it there. Um, and to me, to me, it's more of Kevin Safansky is getting handcuffed because he doesn't try trust Baker Mayfield to make the plays. Um, that is what's going on with, in terms of just like, 
the off people saying, hey, the, the offense doesn't look quite right, right? So I, I know we have the running game that's ultra efficient, like at an at an all-time high level right now. And the passing offense just kind of looks disjointed and, and things aren't being efficient there. To me, it's it's Kevin Stefanski doesn't trust Baker Mayfield to find the open receiver in a normal play call and and hit him with it. And then you talk about in game changing type situations like on that third and 10 where they they call the draw play um to me i i, I a i would rather kevin's fancy just go like listen baker you got to make a play we're going to call a pass play here don't make it incomplete but it's like make make the play get a first down um he did do that on second down baker threw an incomplete pass i know people are, are up in arms about the fact that you know donovan Eagles jones was had an illegal contact and on the sideline. Yes, he did. But Baker should recognize that throw it there and force the the referees to throw the, the draw that flag, the throw that flag. But there was no there was no pass interference on on Higgins uh, on the route he actually did throw. He just missed on that throw. Um, and and what was it? Derwin James that was in coverage never actually even touched Higgins on that one. So um, the you know you talk about hey you know i think kevin Stefanski mentioned it in his post game presser it's like on that second down play i wanted to call a, a shot here he did he had an out and up to dpj and he said the, the last thing i wanted he probably was saying this to baker in the, in the in the headset can't throw an incompletion and baker then did do that so then on third down he's thinking okay i can't really trust my my quarterback hopefully my run game can get something done here cuz we've seen the n- number of big plays that that team can do it's it's I feel like he feels like he's handcuffed by Baker because you there are a lot of plays that are left out on the field because Baker's not seeing the field clearly. I don't know why that is the issue. Um, this game, he it felt like he blocked OBJ out and basically kind of said, I'm just going to not even look his way, not even think about him and try to run my run the offense like I normally do. And, you know, I think it's it's it feels like it's handcuffing. Kevin Savansky and what he wants to do with this offense because Baker isn't isn't playing at a high level right now. Uh, yeah, and it's not it's not even so much the last drive; it was the drive before that. I mean, look, I get it. You have Kareem Hunt, you have Nick Chubb, you have this, but I mean, first and ten, everybody in the stadium knows what you're doing. So what do they do? They sell out. So it gets you into a second or eleven, a second and twelve, and then you're even in a more difficult spot to try to run to pick off this yardage. Um, you had David Njoku, obviously that was clicking. You had David Peoples Jones, that's clicking. Rashard Higgins always it always seems to be clicking when you're uh you know when you do call his number. Some sort of play action and you know obviously get Baker on the move because that's what they feel the most comfortable with. But it just I don't know, it, it, you know, it, it, it's kind of turtling up at a difficult spot, especially when you realize at this point your defense is gassed. Um and any whoever's out there, they just got no answers for what the Chargers are doing. When I mean, you know, it was just raining yards and points from the Chargers offense. You got to realize that, you know, in this opportunity, there's probably a good chance you're not gonna run out the last four minutes of this game. No, <clears throat> yeah, you need you need to be more efficient on offense. And again, like so that second to last drive where they they had the one point lead and they essentially went they went run, pass, run, and didn't gain any yards. Right. Yeah. So Basically a three and out, you know, you, you can argue with the play calling and I do, I want, you want to in that third, especially that third down, you just basically say, all right, we got to pass it. The best way to get 10 yards is to pass it. Um, and dial something up to, to call that pass. And he basically, he said like, to me, he just doesn't trust Baker, Baker Mayfield to, to, to find the open receiver. There were a number of times prior to that drive that this game could have been closed out. 
and either either because Baker didn't see the open guy, it wasn't it didn't happen. You know, you talk about the refs kind of handing the game back to the Chargers to keep them in it and stuff like that. But at the same time, it's it to me it there was this is a game that Baker needed to put onto his shoulders and he wasn't able to do it um, because for whatever reason he's not he's just not seeing the field, not seeing the open guys. He has to even when the guys are open, he has to. It's like he, right now he's not trusting his eyes and what what is out there. Um, and again, like, you know, we went through this last year, there was guys that are open and he wasn't trusting it. And then all of a sudden in week seven against the, the Bengals, it clicked for him. And he was able to, for the most of the rest of that season, find the open guy, hit him and, and be decisive with his reads and everything like that. And he looked like the legitimate franchise quarterback that, you know, Browns fans hope he is. Um, but then he's regressed from that like he's back to back to the guy that we're questioning to can he see the field can he find the open receiver can he can he work with obj it's 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 a legitimate to me it, so like kevin i, I blame you know kevin i, I blame kevin Stefanski and the game in a whole of of the fact that you you can't let up, let up 47 points you can't lose a game where you have a two score lead in the second half or a lead multiple leads in the in the fourth quarter you this that these types of things shouldn't happen um and you you know you you'd hope that your defense could stop them from scoring 47 points or whatever but at the same time like there's there's there is a play call sequence that you know was a bit little bit disjointed on that la- second to last drive but at the same time it's like i get why because you don't trust your quarterback right now because if you watch the game from an all 22 perspective and you you lose count of the number of times that baker mayfield had open receivers in the in the progression of his throw and didn't throw it to them and would do something different. Um, like there was the one where he had the weird shovel screen to no- Njoku when he dropped back mm-hmm. the pass and he scrambled forward. He had a wide open. Was that, I believe that was Richard Higgins at the time with the, with a deep dig and it just didn't throw it to him. He had, it was the, it was a play. Yes. Right. It was a play action boot where, where OBJ had a deep comeback or a deep curl, uh, which was covered. And he's staring right at Richard Higgins on a, on a, Basically, the dagger concept. The dagger concept is you have a you have a, a go or a seam from the number two receiver to clear out the deep, the defense, and then you have a deep in uh, underneath that. The deep end was wide open for a, at least a twenty yard gain. Baker staring at it, doesn't throw it, starts scrambling and does something weird. I don't know why he's not seeing that it is wide open. Every quarterback hits it. You want every quarterback, you legitimate quarterback, to be able to hit stuff like that. So like it's. Things like that where Kevin Stefanski probably sees that and go, okay, he's not seeing this right. Let's see if I can find a different play call that where he is seeing something right. So it's, um, you know, you, you just hope that you wouldn't have to deal with this at this time. Of the, again, year four, second year of this system, you know, you're expecting him to have pr- progress on what he built last year, but he's not right now. And I, I don't know. I don't really don't know what else to say because it's like, I get it from a co- play calling standpoint. You call these plays, these guys are open. He's not hitting them. And at some point, you know, you, you have to blame the guy who's pulling the trigger and that's Baker. Interesting. Interesting. This one, we're going to get it in because I've actually had a couple of requests the last couple of weeks. We couldn't get it in. Uh, the Scottish hammer, John, uh, look, it's great that he's active on social media. It's great that he'll meet fans and go have beers. Uh, but let's call a spade a spade here. He is the weakest, the weakest link of this special teams unit. 
Yeah. So I, I rarely look up um, special teams grades uh, because they generally just don't matter to me uh, because it's, it's a small part of the game, but you know, you're talking about last year, he was, his grade as a punter was a 60.1 this year. It's a 54.3. I don't know where that ranks. I could, you know, give me the 10 seconds to pull that up. But the, my, my assumption is that he's one of the lowest graded punters in the NFL uh, because he, he isn't good. You talk about the one punt he had yesterday, it just went as a touchback, zero awareness of what what it is that he needs to do. Um, yeah, he's he's, thir- he's he's grading as the uh, uh, 30th punter, something like that in the NFL. That, I mean, he's bottom. Somebody he's bottom did bring five. up one interesting – yeah, somebody did bring up one interesting tidbit that obviously he's also the holder. So it, maybe there's a little saving grace there. But dude, we need that. Oh, Look, I, pretty much all punters are the holder. Better. But all punters, I'm all punters sure are the many. holder. Not not everyone, but like sometimes you have your backup quarterback that used to be sure. the thing. But like, I, I, there's to me, it's like his they job spend the most time together, so it's just the easiest transition. It's it's just yeah, exactly. Just punt. You're 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 on a team to punt the ball. Um, you do maybe you do a good job holding the ball. That's that's great, but your your job is to punt the ball, and you're doing it really poorly. And I people like, you know, you talk about like uh, net average net yards and stuff like that. Like to me, that's not a big stat because of the fact that like maybe maybe your offense is consistently getting you yardage, and then like the number of yards you can punt it is not super high. What matters is your placement and and how you you basically limit the the returner and what we do is we grade all these plays and he's, he's one of the worst at doing that. So uh, it's, he's, he's not, he's not, I mean, he, he only has one touchback on the year, which is obviously not great um, when you have any touchbacks on the year, but like in the opportunities he had, he's generally just kicking them right down the middle of the field. He only has three where he, two, sorry, that he's uh, kicked out of bounds, which is basically you don't get a return, but thing is if you shank it out of bounds, it's not good. So he's, he needs to be a lot better, especially, you know, and this is one of the reasons why, you know, I guess, I guess probably, you know, Browns don't punt it very often. They like to go for it. It's because he's not very good at, you know, pinning a guy back, you know, putting <laughs> coffin corners. So, so, so got to yeah, be better so at that for position. Everybody was asking, you know, you know, and even if you're not going to use it that much, you still want to be able to get what you need. And the problem is, is these were things he was capable of doing and he's just not doing them anymore. So, you know, when you're not playing up to your level, it shouldn't matter what position you are. Um, certainly can talk about, you know, possible changes. Uh, he is John Cottage, uh, the analyst uh, from over at PFF. Um, always appreciate John coming in, joining us here for, you know, our Under the Lens uh, episode week in, week out. I know you folks enjoy him. That's why we keep him coming. I love having John here talk a little ball. Uh, so make sure you're checking everything out from John. John Costco 3. Obviously, you know, he'll get back to the lab here Monday night game and a whole bunch of college football action to get onto for Mr. Costco. Uh, so appreciate John for making this time, uh, making some time for us here today. Again, we appreciate everybody for making Lockdown Browns your first listen day in, day out, whatever podcast platform you use. Uh, free, always will be. Uh, so again, thank you for that. We're going to you know mull through the week here, just pound out episode after episode, start getting you guys prepped for the Cardinals after a really, really difficult loss yesterday in Los Angeles. Um, you know, can't win them all, but uh, certainly hate leaving losses on the field and certainly what yesterday feels like. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.